This is just a quick message before the episode to remind you that you are listening to Mark and Paul's Opinion Hour, but you are about to hear Paul and I refer to the show as the best podcast. This is due to unforeseen incompetence. If you'd like to know more about why and what happened, I'll refer you to the disclaimer you'll find before episode one. If we could just get these first five episodes done and we can put the whole sorry affair behind us. Anyway, that is all. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome to The Best Podcast, a podcast where me, Mark Barron, and my old pal Paul Claydon will deliberate, discuss, and agree on some of life's best things. Each episode will have its own theme, and Paul and I will attempt to establish what's the best and why. With nearly a hundred years of combined experience, you can relax. We know what's best. So, hello Paul, episode three. Here we go. How are you feeling? Good. Yeah, I think that we had a good run last episode. I think what we're going to do now is go through and analyse a little bit about some of the stuff that we, Stroke and I, got wrong in the last episode and have a have a chat. So we said in the last episode that this is something we're going to start each episode with, with an analysis of what went wrong last time, what we're going to do differently, because this is an evolving project the aim is obviously to become the perfect podcasters the best the best podcasters but it's going to take time and it's going to take a little bit of adaptation on our part i think iteration adaptation you know just trying to get better trying to listen back to the previous mm-hmm. pods figure out you know what we could do better figure out what went wrong yep. and you know just go from there i think that self reflection and one thing that has happened since the last pod that we recorded is that you ran that recording past a friend of yours yes who's like an experienced podcast producer yeah friend of the pod kelly yeah hi kelly and she had a few comments didn't she she did and that's pretty much everything she said i think was basically completely fair enough yeah i mean there wasn't Huge amounts of character assassination. She, I think she said that I was better than you on several occasions. But, you know, that's to be expected. Yeah, I mean, we'll sort of... That, that will settle itself down, I think, as, as time goes on. Yeah, of course. But she had a couple of really good points, didn't she? Telling you what our names are, for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, yeah. We, we did notice that, you know, throughout the pods, you know, in previous pods, not just the last one, we haven't really introduced ourselves properly. Mm. So... The the intro that you just heard was our first attempt at a proper intro. Yeah. Given both of our names. And explaining what it is we're here to do. Great bit of feedback. I Great mean, bit of feedback, we obvious. Got, we really. would have got there eventually, I think. Probably episode eight, we would have realised that, yes, introducing ourselves could be a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a few there was a few technical details, I think, in there, the, the yeah. feedback that she gave. The sound quality was awful. That's entirely my fault. I had the gain too high on the mics. That's now been rectified to hopefully... This is sounding a little bit better. Yeah. Obviously, we will see. But yeah, so a couple of technical things. You know, this is our first attempt. So we are genuinely trying to get better with every pod. It will be, a you know, a slow process. But we want it to be a slow process because we're here to try and make it better and better every week. So, you know, a really big thank you to Kelly. Anything else? Yeah. So there was a couple of things I really wanted to clear up from okay. the last episode. Firstly, we mentioned Werner Herzog. Yes. There was a bit of a question mark as for his nationality. 
I think I said German, you weren't too sure. Yeah, I wasn't, but, you know, I think that we've figured out that, well, I say we figured out, you figured out that yep. he is German. Yep, so I, I Googled that, and so that's 1-0 to me. Oh, well, I don't, I'm not sure. If score. Yeah, no, well, I'm not. <laughs> I think that, yeah, apologies mainly to Werner. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Long-time listener, Werner. The other thing is a correction on my part. I referred to Gloucester Cricket Club many times in the last episode. Of course, what I meant was Gloucestershire cricket club it's a county thing so anyone from Gloucestershire Cricket Club who heard that that was offended apologies I, I do understand what the name of the what your name of your club is anything else we had there I don't think we had much other you know we're, I mean, it's great to get feedback from people that understand podcasting like mm. we are new to podcasting and then providing that feedback which is invaluable and I'm sure in the future we'll be able to do it again very much so Anyway, with that, let's crack on with the pod. So what we're going to do each week is we're going to talk about what the best thing to happen to us this week is. We're also going to talk about what the best thing we've seen in the news recently is. So we're going to crack on with that right now. Absolutely. So this is the uh, part of the show where we go through what our best thing this week is. Trying to keep it positive trying to make sure that we kind of, you know, put a positive spin on things. We can, really. So, Mark, your best thing that happened this week? Well, the thing I am going to say is the best thing that's happened to me this week is I went to a party at a friend's house, a lot of close friends, and the people who we went to, they are, they've got, well, the guy, friend of mine, Ben, friend of ours, Ben. Friend of ours, friend of the pod. got a bit of a reputation for being, like, a pretty good chef and, like, doing some pretty interesting food. But they did a fondue party, which isn't my first fondue party, but yep. it's the, I don't go to them very often. So it's been the first one for a long, long time. And it was a special, it was like our Christmas sort of get together fondue party. Yep. Normally when we get together, it's a roast. Yep. In fact, when we get together, we refer to ourselves as SRC, which stands for Saturday Roast Club. Oh, you see, I would have gone for Sunday Roast Club. Though, well, this is it. So it was initially Sunday Roast Club, yep. but of course, we'd all have a good few drinks whilst we were having it. I and see. Then we'd have to work the next day, so we'd have to be a bit careful. You're factoring in the alcohol consumption. So many years ago, club. we said, well, why don't we just do this on a Saturday? Yep. And then we can have a few drinks and we'd have the Sunday the next day to recover. Perfect. Hence, this was born Saturday Roast Club. So this was a Saturday Roast Club font Christmas fondue. Basically, what we had was a traditional fondue. Okay. It was the cheese one. It was like a garlicky white wine nice. cheese thing. We had a lot of traditional sort of fondue things. We obviously had the bread and various bits like cooked meats and bits and pieces to dip in it. Nice. But then we also had a roast element. So we had another fondue set, which is essentially a really good gravy. Nice, oh. thick, viscous gravy. So this is like a British fondue. Yeah. With various roast things to, to put in it. So we had pigs in blankets. Nice. He cooked some pork belly really nicely, cut that into little squares that you could skewer and do that. We had little roast potatoes, oh. various like little veg and stuff like that, like sprouts and things like that. But I'll tell you what the absolute revelation was. Please. Taking some of the meat from the roast side of things, but dipping that in the cheese. Hang on, are you, you're cross-contaminating... Cross-contaminating the, fond the fondues here. But pigs in blanket... Yep. dipped in a fondue cheese Why? was the absolute revelation of the night. Why? Everyone agreed that was the best combination. I'd never have anything like it before. Um, it was absolutely fantastic. Why? So big 
Thanks to my friend Ben for putting all that on. We had a great night. The food was amazing. So that was probably the best thing that's happened to me this week. Sounds amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fondue jealous. <laughs> if that's a thing. Yeah, is that is that a joke? Is there a joke? No, I don't that? think there was. No? It's just, I'm just jealous of the fondue. Just jealous of the fondue. It's, it's just Not everything has to be wordplay. Not everything <laughs> has to be a pun, Mark. No, fair enough. Yeah. How about yourself, Paul? What was the best thing that happened to you this week? So lots, lots, I've had quite a lot, you know, that, that's happened. You know, the kids back to school, you know, I'm, I'm back at work. It's all a bit depressing sometimes. And one of my favourite things that happens about this time of year is we have a an epiphany party. So my brother and sister-in-law always host an epiphany party, which is the 12th night of Christmas, 6th of January every year. And it just sort of peps you back up after the Christmas kind of, You've had Christmas, you've had New Year's, a bit of a lull, January's come along, you're back to work. And there's a party that they always have, and I always go along and help cook. So we always, I always take two days off, and we start the day before the party, and then, you know, we do a canapes, and we do a traditional kind of, we do traditional Swedish meatballs, right. and then we do a, a southern gumbo. My sister-in-law's American. Remind me, what's, what, what's in a gumbo? A gumbo is, is a sort of southern American, sort of Louisiana dish of I'm thinking vegetables. Of fish, fish stew. Well, it's vegetables, shrimps, right? you know, chicken. We do chicken in ours, and it's sort of a spicy, but a crayon old sort of spice okay um, sort of sort of smoky spicy and then yeah and, and and everybody comes around and we have you know champagne cocktails and you know lots of people come around it was a really good one this year because it's a friday night it's not always on a friday because it's always the 6th of january yeah. so you know it was a really good one everybody had a nice time and you know it was a, it was a great time by all and, and i get to spend some time with the family cooking it's great Nice. And at some point, presumably, everyone has like a massive revelation about something, yeah? Oh, an epiphany. Is that what? I see. Yeah, well, so the, 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 the sort of the history of it is it's when I think that the three kings left the stable having an epiphany that this is the son of God. That, right. that when they knew, I think I'm probably this is I'm forecasting forward now. What's going to happen on the next pod <laughs> when we're going to say actually I need to clarify that <laughs> yeah. that wasn't correct. Fact check exactly. <laughs> I, but I, I maybe should because my sister-in-law does give a speech about this every year, and maybe I've just not listened quite as well as I should do. So it is. So just to clarify, yes. I'm, I mean I'm not a hugely religious person. No, no, no. But obviously, I studied my fair share of nativity back in my infant school days. Oh. The three kings. Yes. So they got to Bethlehem. They were following a star. Was that the guy? They there? were. Yeah. So they got there. So at that point, all they knew that they they, they were following a they star. Followed a star. They didn't know what they were going to get when they when they got there. Nope. And what they found was a baby in a manger. And then they had an epiphany uh-huh. that this baby was the son of God. Yes, I believe oh, okay. so. so I believe I wasn't that familiar with that that side of it. I think so. I mean, this is all, this is ripe for being torn apart. And the so assuming that they got there on Christmas Day. Well, it, it wasn't was Christmas way... Day at the time. It was the, the it, <laughs> just the 25th of December exactly. back then. Well, the, exactly. Well, I, yeah. I'm not even sure it was that then. I think maybe right. one the sort of Judeo-Christian calendar yeah. may have kind of come from there. I think there's some. Um, discussion about the actual birth of jesus christ as well my point is it was it was the 6th of january so yes. they'd been there for, for a while about 11 days or yeah, so 11 12 days yeah before they had the epiphany i think there was probably some they'd probably had a big lunch they'd snoozing board games you know it's christmas right they've probably you know they've eaten all the twiglets by then they've been really like <laughs> kept sort of busy by stuff yeah. 12th day comes along 
And all of a sudden it's like, what are we here for? This is great, but why are we actually here and there? I think it's that, ah, boom. Because I, if I was the son of God yep. and it took someone 12 days before they it dawned on them, yeah. I think I'd be disappointed with that. I mean, the thing about it at the time is that the son of God was, was actually just 12 days old. So I don't True. think the emotion of disappointment will have kind of entered into his uh, uh, emotional lexicon at the do you, time. Do you think that the miracle side of things at that stage in his life, mm. the miracles would have been sort of directly proportional to his, you know, age? So we're probably talking pretty minor miracles at this point. I think it's directly proportional to his age and his ability to imagine said miracle, right? I mean, what, what's he going to do? He's going to wish for more milk? <laughs> I guess Another so. blanket to be warm? I mean, that's all that babies really want, warmth. Food and like and, pa- pacifier, that's something that, yeah, maybe, but that's the same, really. That's milk, that's kind of something to same thing to, to suckle on. <laughs> you've made me, you've, you've brought me down to using the word suckle, yeah. I was about the first to use five with, minutes of this, podcast. I was about to use the word teat, but I thought yeah. better of it. It's and, fine, they're all anatomical explanations, indeed. Well, but that's good. So both of our best things that have happened have been like social yeah. type foodie event with our friends. So yeah. a coincidence. Although saying that, considering it was over the Christmas period, probably, probably not. not that big a coincidence. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's good. Excellent. And so, so the next the next section along is the the best news story. Yes. Um, that, that we've seen this week. You know, again, we're trying to concentrate on positive news stories. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be the best one if it was, you know, a serial killer somewhere in the, you know, far... Well, maybe one day we'll throw something like that in as a bit of a curveball. <laughs> but I've got a bit more traditional okay. good news. So what's yours, Mark, this week? So this one, I heard... Have you heard about Jonathan the Tortoise? I have not. Jonathan the Tortoise is the world's oldest known land ma- animal. Turned what? How, how old do you think this tortoise turned? Well, it's going to be old, isn't it? So let me let's just think. It's going to be probably over a hundred. I'm going to say a hundred and ten. Much more than that. Oh, turned really? Hundred ninety this week. Wow. Now I don't know exactly how they've managed to whether they can do that scientifically or whether there's there's this particular tortoise has been in documented captivity for this period of time. Yeah. I don't know. I think what you saw it in half and count the rings. Count the rings. <laughs> oh, is that how you do it? I think that's how you age a tortoise. But this is the, as far as we know, he. This is the oldest known land animal. Done a quick calculation. Born eighteen thirty two. Wow. If you can imagine such a thing, currently lives in Saint Helena. Okay. Which is an island in the South Atlantic. That famously Napoleon was. Was he born there or no, exiled no, there? Exiled there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. So maybe they knew each other. <laughs> I don't know whether they... Oh, they would have crossed. Their dates crossed, surely, well, they, don't yeah, they? I don't know, actually. Napoleon, oh. 1832? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It's to be in that ballpark, I yeah. reckon. A couple of little facts I worked out that back in 1832, so what else was going on the year that Jonathan was born? Just <laughs> as a bit of context. It was the year that Joseph Smith of Mormon... Religion famed. Nice. It was the year after he wrote the Book of Mormon, but it was the year that he was tarred and feathered as a heretic by his peers. Oh, yeah. Suboptimal. Also, a bit of UK facts in 1832, it was the UK Reform Act was brought in. Okay. Which meant that certain more people could vote in elections. And these included, for the first time, some middle-class men got the votes in 1832. Why? Obviously... 
not the poor or any women whatsoever. No. That was something that came in a little bit, a little while later. Those were the days. But uh, yeah, the UK Reform Act came in. And also it was the year the electric telegraph was invented. Wow. Just as a little bit of context for you there. The PM, the Prime Minister at the time when Jonathan was born, was Charles Grey. Earl Grey of the T. Of the T. Fame. fame. Dynasty. Not Steve Darjeeling. Not Steve Darjeeling, okay. no. He's another one. Oh, and also, Jonathan has experienced in his lifetime 54 prime ministers in his lifetime. Well, well, most of which were last year. Am I right? Bit of satire. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Indeed. Just, just looking it up, Napoleon's dates 1769 to 1821. Oh, so he just, just missed out. Just missed out. Yeah. On uh, Jonathan. And it's a shame, because I reckon they would have got on great. They would have, famously, wouldn't they? Indeed. Yeah, good old Napoleon. Anyway, that was my good news this year. Oldest known land animal in the world. Good for Jonathan. How about yourself, Paul? So, mine is the story of a 58-year-old widower, whose name's Grant Carson, who all his life has spent, well, his working life, has spent working for a charity in Glasgow that helps disabled people find homes and he's done that all his life he's always kind of you know just dedicated his life to that and last week he won a two and a half million pound home in the lake district oh wow on a in a raffle a charity raffle and he's able to retire there to get a dog that he's always wanted because now he can afford to get somebody to walk his dog for him because he's got chronic arthritis so somebody who's you don't often, you quite often you don't see it. Somebody who's put all the work in to do good things for a community yep. and has been sort of rewarded for it by, I don't know, karma or I don't know what. But yeah, so so Grant is, is my kind of happy story of the week. I'm, I'm really happy for him and I hope he has a, a, a great rest of his life in the Lake District in yeah. his two and a half million pound house with eight acres. And, you know, it's it's easy to be a bit sceptical in this day and age, isn't it? And, you yeah. know, when you think about all the good that some people put in and do they ever get anything off the back of it? So to see a bit of positive karma like that, yeah, I think that is a really good news story. Yeah, yeah very nice. So that's my positive news story of the week. Excellent. On to the next segment. Okay, so... For this week's overall theme, we're doing films. Yes. Or movies, as an American might say. Oh, fine. I'm fine with either, really. Yeah? Yeah, I don't mind. I I tend to go films. Yeah, well, you're a bluff old traditionalist, aren't you? In the same way that I tend to say series instead of season. Season. Yeah. No, it's fine. Because I'm a traditional Englishman. You are. You're you're incredibly sort of jingoistic in that way, aren't you? I say schedule, not schedule. I'm across all of this stuff. Uh, go for it, man. <laughs> so, with films, and to kick us off this week <coughs> with our films theme, we've got a new segment, brand new segment. Woo! This is very exciting. New segment alert. So, we thought it'd be nice to get a quiz element, but obviously there's only two of us recording, so it's yeah. a bit tricky. how are we going to do that? Yeah. So, what we've got is my brother, Neil. Hey! Friend of the podcast. Friend of the pod. Hi, Neil. Well, so, relative of the pod. Relative of the pod. Generally. So he has agreed to, whenever we ask him, he's going to write us five questions. Well, we've asked him for five to start with. Maybe yep. that will change in the future. Yeah. So he's done a quiz for us. Now, I've had these as emails unread, which you've verified. You saw that, yeah? Yes, verified, yep. 
So I haven't seen these questions before and I certainly haven't seen the answers, still haven't seen the answers. Nope. So because he's given me the questions in one email and the answers in the other, we're going to do all five questions first. Okay. We'll write down our answers. Yep. Then we'll say what the answers are. Great. And then we'll check. Well, feel free to play along at home. Absolutely. So that will give you an opportunity to play along at home. We think this is probably going to be a, a feature moving forward. Hopefully, if they're good enough. No pressure, Neil. Neil has committed to has doing he? us questions whenever we've asked them. he contracted? Yeah, we've got him on retainer. I hope, right. Did I mention that? You didn't. It's only five grand a week, so oh, it's fine. it should be fine. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so here we go. Let me read the intro that Neil sent us. For all five questions, name the film title from the IMB, IMDb synopsis. Easy for you to say. I love it. Yep. All films are in the top 50 highest grossing films from the 1970s. Ah, the 70s, a decade of both of our births. Yeah, so I was born in 77. I'm guessing you were 76. Nope. No? No. And when were you born? 75. You were 75, weren't you? I was 75 So you were like a late, uh, late year 75 Yeah. Right, okay. But not, not like late <laughs> September. Oh, okay. But, but after the school intake sort yes. of date. Right, yep. got you. So Neil goes on to say that he's made a judgment on whether or not to include characters' names in right. the description. He says, if I think it's too obvious, I've taken them out. If they are, in my opinion, suitably obscure, then I've left them in. Okay, here we go. Okay. So we you're going to read them out? I'm going to read gonna, them out. We're going to write them down. We've got five synopsises. Synopses? Is that synopses? Synopses. Sounds about right. Yeah. From IMDb for the 50 highest grossing films in the 1970s. Here we go. Number one. The San Fernando Valley adventure of trucker-turned-prize-fighter... Philo Bedo and his pet orangutan. Oh. Yeah. I yes, I think I... Oh, God. Oh, yes. Yep. No, I know, I know it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Yep. Okay. Okay, I've got my answer. Number two. The main character is hired to run a tractor trailer full of beer over state lines in hot pursuit by a pesky sheriff. Yeah. I actually watched that over Christmas. Did you? Yeah. Well, you think. You don't absolutely know, do you, I suppose? Yeah, that's nailed on. I know that. Oh, I think I might have got that wrong. Okay, go on, carry on. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anxious about his future after high school, a 19-year-old Italian-American from Brooklyn tries to escape the harsh reality reality of his bleak family life by dominating the dance floor at the local disco. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I think I do as well. Yeah, I, I, all my moves are based on this film. Really? Yeah. Is that just generally in life, like, you know, when you're walking into the office? No, dance moves. Right, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number four, you ready? Yep. A US Army officer serving in Vietnam is tasked with assassinating a renegade special forces colonel who sees himself as a god. Oh, blimey. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know that one. I think I probably do. Mm. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. Right. Yeah. And then number five, last question. Yep. A Los Angeles Rams quarterback accidentally taken from his body by an over-anxious angel before he was meant to die... Returns to life as a recently murdered millionaire. I'm sorry. What the fuck? What? I'll say that again. Yeah, please. A Los Angeles Rams quarterback 
accidentally taken from his body by an over-anxious angel before he was meant to die, yeah. returns to life as a recently murdered millionaire. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that. No, nor do I. I've got absolutely no idea about that. And I've just figured out what number two is. Ah, uh, okay. I will. I, I'll, I'll. I'll tell you what my reasoning was behind it. First all right. of all, but I, I, I've not. You know. I don't know. Am uh, I going to have a? Yeah. Am I going to have a bit of a stab at that number five? Yeah, just that's randomly? why I'm, I'm just. Yeah, I don't know. But well, yeah. you should have a stab at it. Why not? Uh, so I've got. I've got five answers here. Four of no, three of which I'm relatively confident on. Two of which, I don't know. Especially number five. I've, yeah, I haven't. I've I certainly even... not seen the film. No, I don't think I have either. I, and I, I've, I have a suspicion that Neil may have imagined it. Well, probably not. But you know, I wouldn't put it past him. No, I, yeah. I wouldn't. Okay, great. Right. So, so we've got our answer. So let's get the questions up here. Hang on one second. Answers. Okay, are we ready? So yes. number one. What have you got for number one? I have got every which way but loose. Well, I've got. Any which way but loose. Oh. And the answer is any which way but loose. Was that the second one, every which way but loose or something? No, no. So oh, uh, I think, okay. well, so any which way but loose. Because the, there was two, wasn't there? Yeah, what was the... Any which that? way you can or something? Yeah, that something called? like that. I think you're right. It did right turn, Clive, So it's it? whether or not I'm going to be, you know, a bit of a stickler here yeah. about every or any. Let's think about this in the positive well, nature of the Let's see whether podcast. it matters in the grand scheme of things. Oh, well, no, no, I'm not sure you can. All right. Well, I, I mean, I'm sort of inclined to give it to you because it was close. And I think you were sort of thinking of the right film. Thanks very much. So number two. What was the uh, synopsis? For number two? Yeah. So the main character is hired to run a tractor trailer yeah. full of beer over state lines in right. hot pursuit by a pesky sheriff. Yeah. Well, so th- here's what I put for the first one. Yeah. My first go of it was Cannonball Run. Ah. And I was like, Cannonball, yeah, I get it, pesky sheriff and all that. And then I, and then I knew... Back of my head wasn't right. I think yep. it's Smokey and the Bandit. It is indeed Smokey and the Bandit. Nice. Yep, and that's also it was I've one got. of those kind of. There was quite a few of those films, wasn't there? There was Convoy. There was yep. Smokey and the Bandit. There Absolutely. was those that sort of genre of films with that. Was it always the same sheriff? In my head, it's always the same guy. The so sort of... it's very much with the Bond sheriff as well, wasn't yes. there? So, but no, I don't think the Roger the same Moore one. years of Bond. Those exactly. kind of where, where it went slightly. Weird and yeah, stupid. There's a few like that. Right? Yeah. They're in America and there's always like a sheriff. Like, yeah. Very similar sort of character, but I think they're different people. Are they? I think they're different actors. Okay. Also, fun fact go on. the sexual politics of Smoking the Bandit does not go down well <laughs> this day and age. Yeah. Smokey's relationship with Sally Field's character. Yep. Yeah, that's not 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 generally okay these days. I think the same could be said. And over Christmas, I watched Cannonball Run, funnily oh, enough, did and you? Cannonball Run too. Yeah, and that's going to be problematic as well. Isn't well, it? in thinking, oh, I'll show the kids Cannonball Run because it's you know <laughs> family fun. It's it's more. It's not necessarily, but it's just it's like lewd. Yeah, like picture, like like seaside postcard sort it's of. Just the two women in it. Problematic. And I think there are only pretty much two women, like who are competitors in their own right. No, there's also a. Let me describe her. And they're wearing a unnecessarily some t- nurse in oh, it as yeah. well. There's a few. Yeah, there's. there's, there's my, I can always remember as a child my favourite scene of a film ever was the two you know like ladies, exotic ladies who drive up in a Lamborghini Countach. Yes. And it's white and then it gets sprayed down so it get, takes all the white paint off That's it so it's right, then red yeah. and then they drive off fooling the sheriff and... and it's like a, a whole other Lamborghini Countach. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, anyway. 
But yeah, well, I just remember those two ladies was wearing unnecessarily tight and yeah. provocative clothing. Not, not if you're going on a long drive. Yeah, you want comfortably fitting shoes. You yeah. want an elasticated waistband, probably. You want something that's going to be loose fitting for driving. Really, maybe a, a set of string back driving gloves. Yeah, they didn't have any of that. No, no none of that whatsoever. Spandex, probably. So, a question Next. four. We've yep. got US no, Army. No, three. Um, oh, yeah, three. three. You're absolutely right. As I'm anxious about his future after high school, a 19-year-old Italian-American from Brooklyn tries to escape the harsh reality of his bleak family life by dominating the dance floor in his local disco. What have you got? I've got Saturday Night Fever. Indeed, that's what I've got as well, Saturday Night Fever. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Uh, number four, a US Army officer serving in Vietnam is tasked with assassinating a rene- renegade special forces colonel who sees himself as a god. What have you got? No, I've got Rambo for this. No. And I'm not sure it's right. Apocalypse Now is what is I've it got. Apocalypse Now. That's correct. Is it? So you've got a very young Martin, Martin Sheen. And he's going after a very old Marlon Brando, who plays the renegade oh, colonel. I see. I've never watched Apocalypse Now. Colonel Kurtz, if memory serves. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, if, I thought Rambo was late. I think, I think it's 80s, isn't it, Rambo? I didn't, it might have been 70s, actually. Maybe, but Possibly. late 70s, because I think in the 70s, Stallone was doing Rocky. He was. He did Rocky was 77. Yeah, I, I think. think so. Same as Star Wars, I think. Yeah, I, that's I right. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Right, well, yeah, that's me, Dane One. In fact, what I've watched recently was Heart of Darkness, which is the... So Apocalypse Now is based on a book called Heart of Darkness. Yeah. And Heart of Darkness is the sort of behind-the-scenes documentary. Oh, OK. With Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola and the yep. making of Apocalypse Now. Oh, interesting. Crazy. Good. It's good. It's worth a watch if you, if you get a chance. OK, next. And this one I didn't get. I've got nothing for. Los Angeles Rams quarterback accidentally taken from his body by an over-anxious angel. An over-anxious angel, that's just a great phrase, yeah. before he's meant to die. Have you got anything for this? Yeah, I think I know what it is, actually. I think it's Angel Guy Football Dude, which <laughs> was a classic, I think it was 74. That got, it won the Oscar, didn't it? Yeah, Best I think he did. Best picture, Angel yeah, Guy yeah. Football Dude. Yeah, it's yeah. not that. Oh, is it? It's, not. I've never heard of this film, Heaven Can Wait. No. You heard of it? I've never heard of it, but in the top 50 grossing films of the 1970s. Apparently so, yeah. Wow. I'm tempted. I know that this, we're not like a looking up on Google sort of thing. No, no, that's fine. Although you did earlier, I just, I'm interested. What do you reckon, just with the synopsis we've heard, sure. what is the IMDb rating for that, do you think? Oh, it's not going to be big. I'm going to go. 4.8. No, I reckon if it's in the top growth thing, I'm going to go. It's a 6.4. Okay, can we see? And I'd be interested in who it who it stars as well. Warren Beatty, by the looks wow, of it. Okay. Oh, and he directed it as well, by the looks uh, of it. Okay. And it is a six point nine. Wow. Oh, you're you're close. There you go. You should almost get a bonus point for that, but I mean, we don't award points for He's that. He's got so. Warren Beatty and James Mason. James Mason was the main character. Oh, it's got a Charles Grodin in it as well. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, that's the quiz. So do you want to tot up yeah, your answers? So i got four there. Okay, and I've got, well, if you're letting me have every which way but loose, yep. I've got three. Okay. So a pretty clear winner there. Yes. Are we going to keep track of this? I, I mean, think... I, I asked that. Yeah. I am, I'm just saying I am going to keep track yeah. of this. Yes, absolutely. So I, one... I vote no, but it seems like I'm outvoted. <laughs> There's just no way you're going to be able to stop me. Okay. Because <laughs> even if I didn't write it down, I'm still just going to keep tallying my head. Okay, so the the, the end of the first, the inaugural The Best Podcast Quiz. Yep. 
Mark wins for four points to three. One nil. If anyone's keeping keeping t- keeping tally, score. Which I am. Yeah. 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 All right. Good stuff. So, should we go on to the next segment? What's next? Okay, for this next section on our film-themed episode, we are going to interrogate and definitively come up with who is the actor who has the best range. Bit of a broad topic there. A little bit of a vague description, range. Can we have a go at defining range? Well, yeah, please do. So any thoughts you've had on that, go for it. So I think for me, defining range is somebody who can act across genres. Yep. Across, and when I say genres, I suppose I mean, for example, sci-fi, Western, musicals, etc. Well, well, I've got here in particular, so a lot of the ones I was thinking of, people who can do both comedy yes. and serious yes. stuff. I know that's a bit of a sort of vague genre sort of description, but a lot of the ones when I was trying to think of them, that was kind of where the, I was getting them. It's like, yes, yeah. they've done a lot of comedy, but they've done some like serious stuff as well. Yeah, and I suppose that that's where I started, and then I started to kind of break that down as well. Like oh. I said, to sort of more as sort usual, of done way more work than I have yeah. on this. <laughs> no, but you know, in that sort of you you can do then comedy in sort of sci-fi or naturalistic comedy or farce or you know the different types and then the same with sort of period dramas Mm. sci-fi you know those kind of things so that's kind of where I was looking and where I was thinking yeah absolutely the other thing I was thinking about in terms of range was people who can play a hero or a villain oh interesting yeah I didn't get that that was a bit of a juxtaposition that Mm. I thought was like it's you know because you do get a bit typecast don't you you've got your classic villains and you've got your classic hero types so you've got your Alan Rickmans well, oh my god, you're, you're, he's on my oh, list. He's one of the people on my. Well, actually, no, he's a honourable mention, perhaps. Okay, not actually one of my. Yeah, I've got a couple of honourable mentions. The other thing that the, the the phrase that comes up, I think, and it's a. I've heard film critics, Mark Kermode in particular, I believe, yep. doesn't like this phrase, character actor. Yes, because all actors are character actors. But, but I I'm think, talk- yeah. yeah, there's a certain accepted phrase of character actor, which yeah. is normally, for me, somebody who sort of doesn't necessarily always play the lead of something. Well, they are somebody who, oh, is it not the same for well, you? Well, unfortunately, I think when people say character actor, yeah. I think what they mean is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's that you get like, if you get a really good actor yep. and they're really good looking, yep. then that's a lead that's your, okay. And they're going to be playing your main heroic characters. And a character actor, and I'm doing the inverted inverted commas here, is skilled actor. Yep. But it's just isn't good looking enough to be a lead. So and I think that's got... what people refer to. And I think that's what people are really thinking when they say character. Have you got an example of Like Toby Jones. Yes. Classic example Perfect of a character example. actor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Eddie Marzan. Eddie well. Marzan, another one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is Stephen Graham's perhaps? Yes. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I see what you mean. But they, they, they are very good actors. Yeah. Probably better actors, in my opinion, because th- because yeah. of that. And I think somebody who probably would be characterised, but I, he, he actually, I have seen him play sort of like the sort of not necessarily hero, but lead characters before. Is and I'm oh the name's going to escape me now. Oh, this is great for a podcast. Go He's on. the Welsh actor. Somebody trying to think of a name. <laughs> this is a very visual medium. If anybody Tony can Blair see. in the. Ah, you're thinking of Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yes. yes. Brian Clough. 
Yeah. Tony Blair. Exactly. Yeah, he's very good at... And he played Nixon. Uh, not Nixon. David Frost. Frost. Yes. Yeah. This Frost. is brilliant from you, Mark. You've, yeah, absolutely. You don't know the the actor's name or the name of people he's played. <laughs> but I, I know who I'm thinking of, though. <laughs> so in my mind, this is all absolute gold. Yeah, no, but again... I, I just have to kind of explain to you the format in which we're working. Oh, uh, we got the listener. Which, yeah, we kind of tell people what we're thinking rather than people being able to sort of access our own brains. Right. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, I thought we were just going to sort of like disregard the listener's <laughs> needs completely, but that's fine. We're going to do a, a traditional podcast yeah. designed to be listened to. Just because we've started fine. in that manner doesn't yeah. mean to say we should fine. continue like I it. mean, I'm sort of tempted to sort of like we start the record again, but no, we're, we're in it now. <laughs> Let's just like make the most of it. I just think. absolutely go for it. Excellent. So I think that's perhaps given us a little bit, so that sort of juxtaposition yep. between, you know, comedy, serious, hero and villain... And ugly. (laughs) Basically what we're talking about. So, I've got four people that I've actually done a little bit of work on here. I've done a little bit of research about it. Some of it's a bit arbitrary, but it's, you know, I've got, there's a table. I've got a table drawn out. For the listeners. Well, you've been an inspiration. has his A4 ring-bound pad that he, sorry, spiral-bound pad. Apologies to... All of you stationary fans out there. That Fake he, news, man. Yeah, <laughs> that he has hand-drawn a table that has four rows. No, five <laughs> rows and four columns. No, other way around. Great. This is my Excel <laughs> word. Really I'm really a picture here. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so, that's what, so go on. Go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> so what I've got in here are four actors who I thought would fit the bill. Okay. And then I've kind they've of... They've been um, in the bill. <laughs> no, I don't think any of them have been in the bill. And I've then picked three films for okay. each of these actors, which I think demonstrates the range. Yep. Then what I've done is I've got the IMDb rating. Okay. And in a separate column, the Rotten Tomato critics rating. This is this is sterling. So work. I've actually got numbers here. And then what I've chosen to do with the numbers is some real arbitrary sort of like adding up and averaging and things like that. So what we're saying is this is a proper factual data-driven analysis yeah. of actors' range across these four actors. I mean, I am going to submit this for peer review and see if if it's got what it takes to get yeah. published in some scientific journal. Okay, please do carry on. So I've got these four actors. Yep. Oh, well, and incidentally, incidentally, I'm using the term actor to refer to non-gender specific. Non-gender specific. I, I, I think we're. Per- I, I personally. Yes, I don't like it. Either. I don't like actress, actor. No, I know some people don't don't mind it. You know, nope. but that's so just yeah, yes, we're going actor. I'm fine. So, and I've also got a couple of other in- contenders here. So, if you've got a bit of time left, there's some other people who I thought deserved perhaps a mention, but didn't make it into the table. Didn't okay. make it into the. Oh, oh, oh. so really. I mean, is there any point in mentioning them? Because they're obviously not good enough for you to do your deep analysis of. <laughs> I mean, the point would be that I've taken the time to write them down. And, okay. You know, so, so that would just okay. make that entire okay. process okay. A, a sheer folly. Okay. And, you know. So, so that, go for it. Let, let's hear your names. So here's the names. Yes. Name number one. Okay. Brian Cranston. Okay, yes, yep. Name number two, Olivia Coleman. Okay, yep. Name number three, Steve Carell. Oh, lovely stuff. And name number four, maybe a bit out of left field here, considering what, especially what we were talking earlier, character actor. I've got Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. He's done a load of different stuff. He has. 
And I've got a couple of here that I've men- mentioned. So we're looking at... Do you want to mention anything here? Or do you want me to carry on with my in-depth analysis? And oh, I'm like... absolutely here for I mean, the in-depth analysis. That's, that's I just, I just want to point now. out that if anybody's expecting the same kind of in-depth analysis from me on mine, is going to be bitterly disappointed because I have got one name. Oh, great. And that is who is definitively the best... The actor with the best range. So... For Brian Cranston, the thing with Brian Cranston is obviously we. What was the first thing you ever became a you know you knew him from? Oh, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm in the Middle, exactly. Yeah. What's the next thing you knew him from? Well, it would be Breaking Bad, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a big thing when Breaking Bad came out, and I remember seeing the first episode of Breaking Bad, not being that into it. Later, then somebody told me, "No, no, this thing's really good," and went back, and it's one of the best bits of TV I've ever seen. So I've. I watched the first episode of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. didn't like it, and have not watched it since. <gasps> Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. <laughs> Paul I am Clayton is yep. a TV philistine. When we talk about the golden age of TV yep. that we're currently living through, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. My, Breaking my, Bad my is wife what we're ab- talking my about. My wife absolutely loves it. And I've no... This is this is the point that I tried to make to lots of people who tried to convert me to that. I've no doubt it's very good television. It's just not for me. I mean, well, I've really taken the wind out of myself. <laughs> Sorry, I'm actually that. a little bit annoyed now. Apologies. And I'm wondering whether or not who who I've got into bed with for this podcast. Can I just point like, out to the listeners, are you? we aren't in bed. Anybody that's kind of picturing a Bert and Ernie scene of Mark <laughs> and I next to each other in a bed with sleeping <laughs> caps on, this just simply isn't true. Top and tail. Top and tail. <laughs> All right, so... Okay, I jest a bit. You're allowed to watch or not watch whenever you want. You're an adult. You can do what you like. That's absolutely fine. I appreciate that. All I would do is, I mean, what other TV do you, what sort of TV do you like? What's the favourite TV you've ever seen, for example? Oh, well, but surely if I say that, uh, you know, a podcast in the future is going to be severely let down. Yeah, okay, I take your point. Uh, You know, I, I, I will say I watch quite a lot of factual TV, non-sort of fiction TV, right. documentaries, and, and a lot of cooking shows, if I'm honest. Right, okay. Uh, also, it's just occurred to me that obviously this the whole general topic this this week is films, yes. and actually I'm citing TV, well, two but, TV shows for for actor. Yeah, it's um, funny that, that as soon as both Olivia Coleman and Brian Cranston came up on your list, yeah. at, the, at the back of my mind I did think TV, TV. but actually... What we've done as the subgenre in movies is say both best actor with best range. Yeah. And that range, it, which actually may be a, part, a good part of it, should be contained in are they a good movie and television actor? Because yeah, they, no. are, they are different disciplines. You're absolutely right. But anyway, with, with Brian Cranston, I mean, you've got the Malcolm in the Middle to Breaking Bad. I think that's one of the greatest sort of, yes. you know, leaps of range from one project to the next in terms of what you know him on. Agreed. The other thing, of course, which is a film he's been in, is Trumbo. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. It's 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 pretty good. It's a 7.4 on the IMDb. Okay. Just so you know, also, Breaking Bad, 9.5 out of wow. 10 on the IMDb. Malcolm in the Middle, any care to guess what, what Malcolm in the Middle is? I say... Uh, there's a fair amount of nostalgia in it. Well loved. Yeah, well loved. I'm going to say 7.8. Oh, not too long. 8.1. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is... Sorry, I was going, like, metric. Is that imperial? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all metric. Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Carry on. The other thing is that I recently saw Brian Cranston. I re- was re-watching 30 Rock. I don't know how familiar you are with 30 Rock. Yep. Very familiar. And he was in an episode of that. He played Kenneth Parcells' mum's partner right. when they came to visit. And that was very much in the Malcolm in the Middle sort of style of, you know, comedy, overblown sort acting. Sort of slightly hapless. Sort Which of, yeah. just goes to show, you know, he's done his Breaking Bad. Yep. And he can still go back mm. and do the slapsticky stuff as well. Great. Anyway, I thought that he deserved mention. Olivia Coleman. So I've got, again, I'm mixing up movies and TV here, but The Favourite, yeah. which I don't think you've seen, have you? I have not seen that, no. I've heard good things about it. Excellent film. I wonder um, whether anybody could tell me kind of what the critics thought about that. I can. I mean, I can tell you what the IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes scores Oh, could are. you, please? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, do you, want, do you want to guess? This isn't the quiz sex section, I right? but I enjoy asking you these. Am I right in, right in saying that Olivia Colman won an Oscar for her part in The Favourite? I believe she did. She would have got Best Actress for Yes, that. I think she did. I yeah. Think that, yeah, that mm. was her first one. Whether she's got a couple. Yeah. I don't know. IMDb score for that, 7.5. Okay. Rotten Tomato Critics Award, 93. Oh, wow. Which I think is probably, I'd be more about 93. I thought it was excellent. One of the higher ones. Yeah, I can't remember the, I'm thinking the director's name. Jorgen Lanthimos, I think, is the Greek guy who did if you, that. If you say so, I don't, yeah, sorry. He did a dog tooth. I don't know if you've ever okay. seen that. Nope. Or what else did he do? Killing of a Sacred Deer? No. No? Okay. Oh, we'll, I think my we'll film references are mainly around my children, yeah. and Marvel and Pixar films. As long as what really comes across in this episode is that I know a lot more about films exactly. than you do. That's really all I'm interested exactly, in. Yeah. So far, so good. Mark, Mark is very much coming across as the erudite <laughs> film guy. In... I've also mentioned it Broadchurch. Obviously, that's TV. Yep. So that was excellent. Yep. And I've got Tyrannosaur. Have you seen that? Yes, the Paddy Constantine. Paddy, yeah, again, uh, Eddie Marsden. Constantine, yeah. yeah. I would say as well, from a comedy point of view, Peep Show. Peep Show, absolutely. And Hot Fuzz. Yeah, she's yeah. brilliant in Hot Fuzz. Absolutely amazing. Oh, she is. Uh, funny enough, Hot Fuzz is one of our family favourite films. So is much, it? So much so that my son and I, last summer, yep. took a day trip to Wells to see oh, really? all the filming locations. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and all over Wells, there's different like bits that you can see where the high street, where the, the final shootout was yeah. filmed, and the you know the, the, the where they tried to catch the swan, all, all sorts of stuff. Because I'm trying to think, the, what's the director's name of that? Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, because he's from Wells, I believe, yes. isn't he? So, yeah. yeah. That's actually the... When I talk, when I think about great cinema experiences, mm. that's the one that always comes to mind. Oh, really? Watching, so I'm not a huge fan of watching things in the cinema. Or often I'll go to the cinema at times where I'll know it'll be really quiet. Yeah. And I'll, I'll go on my own. Okay. And if I'm sat on my own in an empty cinema, that's often the best scenario for me. Is it the other people in the cinema that, 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 that sort of takes away from your viewing People's experience? People's behaviour in cinema makes me ang- so angry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, but, and it, you know... It, but so many times, people would just willfully be talking, yes, or eating some ridiculously noisy food, and it's just screens as well. But the light pollution of an iPhone screen, yeah, oh somebody God. in front of you Absolutely. is looking at whilst it's you're trying to watch horrific. the film. Terrific! People are monsters. Yes, people are monsters. <laughs> yeah. However, watching a good comedy in a cinema, yep. in a packed cinema, is one of the great joys of life. Yes. And that is the situation where I watched Hot Fuzz. Oh, super. And it was the last time I saw a good comedy in a packed cinema where everyone was just rolling around laughing. Huh. So it's, it's, you know, it's got a bit of a special place in my heart. Right, so this has taken ages, isn't it? So I'm going to sort of see if I can speed this up a bit. Next one, Steve Car- Carroll. Carroll? Carroll. Carroll. So 
You're going to cite another TV show now? Yes, obviously, yep. The Office. Yes. But then, obviously, we've got, movie-wise, Little Miss Sunshine. Can we just say The Office, an American workplace? Yes, OK. Just the American office. Yeah. See, this is going to be controversial, because I loved the UK office. Yep. When, I, when it came out, I watched it religiously, loved it. I think the American office is better. It's, it's as good, and there's just tons more of it. Which I, is... Well, it, I'm willing to kind of say that it's very good. Yep. I think it's a very different... Oh, yeah. TV show, yeah, and I like it a lot. Having said that, episode one, the pilot is yeah. literally a shot for shot, word yes. for word remake of the British yeah. pilot. Yeah. But after that, yes, it goes off yeah. and does a bit does of a different on. thing. Yeah. But anyway, go on. So, of course, The Office. So he, you know, comedy side of things. And then, of course, we've got Little Miss Sunshine, much more serious. Oh, that's so, <laughs> such a good film. The it's, big, yeah, it is beautiful. Absolutely it's not beautiful. when you say much more serious. His character is much more serious, but I think yeah. the film. Has a very comedic kind of oh, it's got a bit of comedy vein of running through it. Yeah, the another one I've got here is The Big Short. I yeah. absolutely love this film. One of my favourite films. Adam McKay has done um, some great stuff, but yeah. that's my favourite of his. Yes, I think. And I mean, my pick is has been in an Adam McKay film. What's that? Sorry, my my pick for actor with best range has been in an Adam. McKay oh, really? Film. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. well, well, we'll come to that in just yes. a moment. Yep. And another one he's got, The Way Way Back. I don't know if you ever saw that. Yes, The Way Way Back Tony is one Collette. of my favourite films. Sam oh, I Rockwell, love it. Yep. It's amazing. It's one of my very favourite films. Oh, Alison Janney, who's one of my favourite yes. actresses, oh, actors, sorry, as we were saying, yep. is in it. I think it's such a good and underrated film. I, I think love it's it. beautiful. Yeah. Perfectly paced. I, Sam Rockwell is my favourite actor. Yeah. He can do no wrong in my eyes. He's absolutely, he's just so watchable. But interestingly, Sam Rockwell is on my sort of other contenders, honourable mm. mentions, and so is Tony Collette. Wow. In terms of range. Interesting. So yeah. both, of course, feature in The Way Way Back. Yes, of course. But Steve Carell, but I think you just can't deny, and also he's done a couple of other things. I'm trying to think of other films. Fox that he Catcher did. he did, which yes, was a, very, sort of a, I think it was a true story, wasn't it, of the yep. wrestling guy? Very weird, very rich guy. Very kind of weird, rich yep, guy he absolutely. did, which was very good. But you can't deny his range. He's done it. Despicable you know. Me? Oh, not, I, and yeah. gen, gen, genuinely one of absolutely. the great animated, you know, with me, with a family and kids, Despicable yep. Me and Despicable Me 2, yep, yep. two of the best funniest animated films that you'll watch with kids. Fantastic. Despicable Me 3, meh, not so good. Can't say I've seen the yeah, second two. Yeah, I wouldn't two. bother. The, the, the first two are first two. classics of their genre. Good to know. And the last one I've got here is Denzel Washington. Oh, yeah. <coughs> and the three actor. movies I've got written down here are, I don't know if you've seen this one, Fences. No. Nope. That was that that was a, a adaptation of a play. Yes. Very, he plays a brutal sort of patriarch of a family yes. who's, you know, in a very, you know, you know, underprivileged yes. neighbourhood in, in America. But he was absolutely brilliant in that. Flight, particularly yes. like that. Yeah. That was excellent in that. Yeah. And that's the alcoholic pilot. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Inside Man I've got down here. Inside Man is one yes. of my favourite ever films. It's a great film. Spike Lee joined, and it's just phenomenal. And it, it, this perhaps would be another, mm. you know, really sort of specific genre we do in the future. <laughs> yep. Heist movies. Okay, lovely. Inside Man, best yes. heist movie ever, in my opinion. It's a great film. I absolutely love it. I, I, I must have seen that eight or nine times. I would movie. include for, for Denzel Washington things like The Equaliser. Yeah. Which, you know, and again, when we're talking about different genres, it's very much a sort of a, a revenge action film. Yeah. Which, one thing I would say about Denzel Washington, there's not much comedy in his canon yeah that's true that's true i'll give you that nothing i've got down here has got is sort of like on the and I, I, i've just things. been trying to rack my brains on 
where I've seen him doing comedy, and I can't. Sort of training think. day is sort of like getting in. It's a little bit sort but of. But it's I very suppose, gritty, but... right? Isn't yeah, it? I, I'm it is. not. I'm not sure it I'm is. taking that as a comedy. So of those three, I mean, I think I know which one I think okay. is, is going to get it. So if if I had to name one of those. Of I mean, you four, do because it's literally the point of the podcast. Yeah, it's the point of the podcast. So uh, so I'll do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not refusing to do it. I'm going to say a name. I don't want to make it seem to the <laughs> listeners as if I'm dragging this out of you. We've and, and we've yet been here we through are. This <laughs> and this is the point of the whole thing: is that you come up with the best, I come up with the best, yeah. and then we talk about it a little. You want me to say the name that I think is the best? Oh, of those four? I mean, that would be great, Steve Carell. Okay, Steve Carell. I never get his name right, right, I mean, right. Shouldn't I? We'll yeah. get that in the edit. Carell. Corral, Steve Corral, Corral. That's what I'm going for. Okay, I think that's the actor with the best range. Okay, so what have you got? So, I've I've got I've got one honourable mention. Okay, and I've got one definitive best. Hit me. So my honourable mention, I, I think, kind of fits quite well into off the back of Steve Corral, and it's Robin Williams. Okay, so. Robin Williams got the light and dark with the comedy serious has, has yeah. gone through you know different you know there's a, one of my favorite sort of psychological thrillers is one hour Pop photo Pike. oh sorry I was... <laughs> not Popeye okay but he's done family films you know Flubber he's done Patch he, Adam um, Goodwill Hunting Insomnia he played the Insomnia, bad guy in Insomnia yeah, yeah one hour photo he was a very creepy guy yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got Goodwill Hunting yep. you've got Dead Poet Society yeah so Fisher King, Fisher King was Excellent. a great Love film. Yeah. Is it Jeff Bridges, Jeff in Bridges, Fisher yeah. King? yeah, great film. So he was my honourable mention. Patch Adams, all right. Well, he's not. It's not all gold. Well, I did say Flubber as well, okay, which yeah. wasn't exactly. <laughs> I, and when I was talking, I was discussing this over the dinner table with my family, and my son said Aladdin. Oh yeah, in which he was, you know, he basically played Robin Williams. He. Yeah, in Aladdin as the genie, but he, he was that character, phenomenal. He? he was definitive, you know, and it, so much so that when it came to remaking it and Will Smith doing it, it fell terribly short, in my Didn't opinion. Didn't Will Smith try and do a bit of a Robin Williams? I haven't seen it, but I've heard he's tried to do a bit of an impression of Robin Williams. Uh, he sort of did, but not in quite as good a way. Right. It, 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 you kind of couldn't do it properly. But no. I, anyway, I haven't got any IMDb ratings or Rotten Tomatoes ratings, so... But I can imagine that some of those are up there, especially Goodwill Hunting, which I think is one of one of the great films for me, anyway. Yeah, no, it's excellent. So and that was actually was that Ben Affleck wrote that, or yeah, Ben Affleck and Will no Matt Damon, Matt Damon. Wrote, wrote it, and they won the Oscar for for the screenplay yes. of of it that year. Because so, Ben Affleck's a really accomplished. He's a lot of it is a bit crap, unfortunately, but he's made some amazing films as well. Yeah. So the town. I don't know if you've seen that. Yes, yeah. That's a terrific film. Yes. And Argo. Argo. I mean, that was the Oscar, film. I think, didn't it? Yes, Best I think film. it did, yeah. That's that. I saw that. I love Argo. Argo. It's that's a great an film. Amazing film. So, anyway, so that's my honourable mention. But my actual yep. best is Meryl Streep. Okay. So, Meryl Streep fits for me into a lot of the categories we've talked about. Mm. I'll list some of the films that she's been in for you because when I kind of went to look at it and, and was thinking about some things, the the difference and the sheer volume of films that she's been in. So Sophie's Choice, Kramer versus Tr- Kramer, Out of Africa, Ooh. Devil Wells Wears Prada, yep. Mamma Mia, yep. very different film, Into the Woods, again another sort of a Sondheim. Talking of Adam McKay recently in Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up, yeah, exactly. That's what I was. That's why where I was going. So you know, she's always one of one of the definitive performances in The Iron Lady. 
as Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. So she's you know she can play real life, which was a great a great film. A great. She played it really well. Slight, slight, slight side topic cool. here. Who do you think did Margaret Thatcher best? Glenn Close or oh. sorry, is it, is it no? Not who are you talking about? Meryl, Meryl Streep, Streep or Gillian Anderson in the recent in the Queen? You see, I, again, I, I you mean the Crown? Oh, the Crown. Sorry, sorry. 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 Yeah, I, I haven't watched any of the Crown. I'm oh, just okay. not interested in the royal family, really. So it's showing some of my socialist roots there. Okay, but yeah, no. I, I mean, this isn't the platform for that. You know, this your Republican <laughs> anti-royalist <laughs> sentiments, but sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that on another podcast. Yeah, the best form of. <laughs> Yeah, government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there, for me, there's lots of different, you know, you've got musical, you've got mm-hmm. very gritty, you know, Sophie's Choice. It doesn't got, get much grittier than that, does it? That's a tough pretty, watch, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. You've got, you know, some comedy and Don't Look Up. Out of Africa is sort of a, you know, romantic. You know, yeah. So, yeah, so really, uh, and she's always classy, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. She's funny in things that she does. She she is different. She presents herself as in, different in every way. So that, that's my go at the actor with the best range. I like it. I mean, it's hard to disagree with any of that. Yeah. I, the, the, the thing I worry about with Steve Carell yeah. is the... I, and maybe this this shouldn't enter into it and be free. Feel free to shoot me down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that he's been a, around long enough okay. to do all of those roles. And that's maybe where, when I looked sort of into it, I was kind of looking at slightly older actors. Yep. Some of the people I looked at, I looked at Tom Hanks, but actually, when you look at Tom Hanks, he kind of plays the same sort yeah. of person so we, in every film that he's in. We've discussed this very briefly in the past, and it's about whether or not Tom Hanks has ever played a bad guy. Yes, that's true. And I can't think of... Oh, well, actually, the one I could remember was Cloud Atlas. Yes. But he played lots of characters. Yeah. And some of them were evil. Yeah. But most of them weren't. Yep. Generally, he doesn't play a bad guy. No. You mentioned something about there's a he's got a rule that he's, he won't ever have a gun. I think, it, I think that I he... I can think of one example where yes, he does. I think that unless it's specific to that part... Right. I and see. he has to, yeah. and there's, it's historically accurate or something, yeah. then he will. I think there was a... A western recently that he did, in which he he had a gun on him. I think was it Road to Perdition. He Road did? to Perdition. He definitely does. Yeah. He plays like a gangster. Okay, but he is actually a pretty good guy. Right, he's meant to. He is a sympathetic character. Does in he that. draw his gun? Does he? Oh use yeah, it? he kills people. Oh, like, does I'm he? I'm pretty sure he shoots people dead. In oh, okay, yeah, so that's sure. interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I did think of, of of Tom Hanks, but that kind of went out the window. Yeah, oh. I mean, absolute treasure. Oh, of course. Love him. Of course. But I just, yeah, don't think he'd be a contender for this. Range-wise, yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, when you look And at I'm it. not saying that he couldn't. No. Nope. It's just he never has, for whatever reason. Yes. And that's fine. But I, I do think, actually, as well, he is quite funny. You yeah. Know, you know, yeah. In, in Big, which is one of my favourite family family films, anyway, yep. he's yep, yep. amazing, plays funny very well. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but that's my idea, is Meryl Streep. I'm, and I think, to be honest, on this one, I think I'm going to... If you put one up against the other, I don't think Steve Carell wins that one. No, I agree. I think we've got to go Streep on that. Go so Streep. Go, go Streep or go home, go as they Streep say. Go Streep or go Creep home. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> we'll try and edit that out. Okay, exactly. Note to editor. <laughs> Note to edit. Yes, absolutely. I think I will seed you the win on this. Okay. Meryl Streep. That is the definitive actor with the best range. Press the bell.
So, next segment is quick fire bests. Obviously, this week, our subject or topic or theme is movies. And Mark has got five quick fire categories, I suppose, or they're, sub-genres. They're, or they're coming hard and fast, Paul. Are you ready? Thick and fast. Okay. And, and so, yeah, go for it. Okay. Here we go. Best food in a film. Oh, interesting. So I think it would have to be, for me, the Booyah Base in Ratatouille. Oh, excellent. I've heard from sort of people who are in the restaurant industry yeah. that they cite Ratatouille as being one of the best... Yeah, like, most accurate... ...like representations of... of and apparently they, they had somebody on the staff, like, advising. He was, like, a yeah. very sort of, like, well-known chef and stuff. Obviously. Yeah, no, apparently, yeah. That's, and I would say as well that there's a very good, if anybody wants to look at it, a, a really good YouTube channel called Binging with Babish, which okay. is a guy who recreates food from film and TV. So he will very sort of well. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Brilliantly put. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he will recreate those dishes that you see in yeah. films, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, okay. uh, all the way through to Breaking Bad and stuff. Very good. Well, my answer for that, I know this is quick fire, but I'll just very quickly, and I would love to be have this recreated for me. Are you familiar with the film Chef? Yes. John Favreau? Yep. The sandwich they make in that. Oh. I want that. Nice. That's what I want. Nice. So, yeah, if this guy you're talking about wants to recreate that for me, fantastic. Now, I recently watched the film Burnt, I think, the Bradley Cooper chef one, which is very good. Oh, I've not seen that. Yeah, oh, I'll check good. it out. Anyway, go on. Anyway, quick fire. Next. Next one. Here we go. Best Marvel film. Oh, okay. For me, the best Marvel film is Captain America, the first Avenger. Mm. Yeah, that's a very good one. Yep. I think it kind of encapsulates... All of the sort of messages of Marvel. Yeah. I think that the Baddie's very good. Red Skull is very good in it. I think that yeah. Chris Evans is very good. It introduces quite a lot of that sort of universe that's going to come. Definitely my favourite. Absolutely. And chronologically, the first film of the Marvel franchise. Yes, the one should watch. Absolutely. My favourite one, very similar, but not quite, is Winter Soldier, the second Captain America Oh, uh, yeah. That's very my favourite one. Yeah. Just like, I think it was, I've got a feeling it was the Russo brothers that did that one. Yep. And just the fight sequences are phenomenal on it. Yeah, it's great. I, yeah. I love. I, I think the, the Captain America films are some love of the it. best ones. Right, we might have alluded to this earlier on in oh, the episode. Okay. But best bad guy in a film. Oh, that's really interesting. Best bad guy in a film. Wow, best bad guy in a film. I think, yeah, I think Alan Rickman would be good. And Alan Rickman in quite a few films. But I would say Alan Rickman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is a, is a really good baddie. He's going to cut his heart. I'll cut his heart out with a spoon. Yeah, why, is, why a spoon? Because it hurts more. Excellent. That one. So he's very good in that. You know, real proper... Yeah, obviously diehard Hans Gruber. Very good, yeah. So I, I would say, uh, let's go for, for difference's sake, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Well, excellent. I mean, and I've got written down here, and I shit you not, Alan Rickman... Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, or Die Hard. Nice. So we're on the, very much on the same page there. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. I'll take that. Simpatico. Simpatico. Okay. Best twist in a movie or film, should I say? Oh, best twist. Twist in a film. No, I think that um, this might be obvious, I suppose, yep. but I think The Sixth Sense yep. still it's is good. a really good... I didn't good... see it coming. 
So I no. saw that, and I hadn't. And I was a little bit late to it, and but I hadn't heard any spoilers. Yep. And it it completely, you know, sideswiped me. Oh, I've got a good one. Go on. That I think is probably my answer. Thinking about it, it's the usual suspects. Mm. Kaiser Sose at the end. Kevin Spacey. It's I'm excellent. Whether we're allowed to still be okay with Kevin or Spacey. even indeed Brian Singer who's apparently <laughs> trouble, problematic as well yeah um, that's true so yeah but yeah so so yeah I'd say usual suspects yeah excellent answer I've got down here six cents yeah fight club yes again didn't yep. expect to see that coming hadn't read the book but the one I think I would go for old boy have you seen that is that the how it's a south no south Korean film oh, no, it's been actually known. remade in English yes the twist is the guy fucks his daughter <laughs> Oh. She's his daughter. Yeah. Oh. But okay. it comes out of nowhere. Nice. <laughs> when you see it the first time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next. And oh, the next one. one, and the last one, and this is, I'm a bit, okay, I'm a bit sorry about this. Oh. So I'm sort of, because this is incredibly unfair. There is actually an answer. There is a way out of this without being, like, seedy. Okay, go on. But what's the best sex scene in a film? Oh, gosh, best sex scene in a film. It's very difficult to answer that without yeah, seeming without like, sketchy. Kind of sketchy. But I have, got, I have found an answer. That Go on, you, you do your do, do So yours. mine would be well, um, Team America. Ah, Team America, World Police. Because it's funny and it's puppets. That's Any true. other answer is going to feel a little bit icky, isn't yeah. it? It's like, why, why are you enjoying that scene so much, Paul? There is that funny kind of thing about, you know, kind of sex scenes in films, which I've never really... I don't know. It's always sort of. I'd rather have it implied than I would have it shown. Really, yeah. and obviously, as I was growing up, there was always the nine and a half weeks. One, well, that's the other one I've got written down here, actually, with food yeah. and stuff was involved in yep. it. So that was always one that was cited as, ooh, you know, as raunchy as yep. nine and a half yep, weeks. Yep. I got Last Tango in Paris here. Yes, yeah, yeah Last Tango. It's iconic, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a difficult one. I'll, I'll say there's bound to be a funny one somewhere, isn't there? Which oh, I'm I think sure that you know, yeah. it was a forty-year-old virgin. Was there a, a scene in that? I think there may have been, which was again a Steve Carell Steve film. Steve Carell, yeah, which, showing his range, showing his range, yeah. But yeah, which would have been funny. I think funny is is quite often good. It's, it's certainly more realistic in my experience. Yeah. Yep, fair enough. And the only other one I've got written down here is a bit of an obscure film. I wouldn't expect you to see this, but Lars von Trier's Antichrist. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't. No, you haven't seen that. It's uh, it's it's a very artily done, and what's uh, there's a very bleak thing that happens. But I I wouldn't necessarily recommend you watch it. I was going to say, but are we like including the kind of the crucifix scene from The Exorcist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I wouldn't say it was the best. I mean, solo-wise, maybe. Suck cocks in hell. That's all I have to say to you. Just Thanks very much. Always so, yeah. suck cocks in hell. Well, thank you for those. Yeah, no problem at all. So that was my quick fire best from me to you. Boom. Okay, so for this next section, we are going to have a think about a big best of films. And the subtopic for this section is the best film about musicians. Yes. Paul, what have you got? What are you thinking? So, uh, I've trawled the internet and uh, my memory. All yeah, all of it. I've done. <laughs> I've completed it on this subject, just on this subject. Right, okay. No, I mean, it'd be silly to do it all, wouldn't it? Because then I'd have the accumulated wisdom of all of human existence. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, I've, uh, I've looked around, I've... And there's a there's a couple of you know ones that I want to mention, but I've definitely got one that actually when I kind of 
I looked around and I kept coming back to the same one. Before you go into that, I've got a few criteria. Oh, yes, I love a bit of criteria. So, because the one I want to say, my favourite, but also what I think is the best, also, scientifically, it's the highest on the IMDb. Oh, you're back to the IMDb. Yeah, so I've been doing a bit of that with it. Can does are you thinking exclusively this has got to be and what I don't know what you say here, mm. biopic or biopic? No, or, I'm not. Not necessarily. Or could it just be a, a film of pure fiction? Yes. Because the most films about musicians are your biopics. Yes, I I agree. So I've got a little quite a lot of that. And I'm not that. I'm not fans of those necessarily. I'm not fans so of I they mean, can be done well. Yes. And, and this actually then takes me on to my next question. That if it is and firstly, can we establish, do you say biopic or biopic? I say biopic. I think I do as well. What do you mean you think you do? But it's just I think biopic probably makes more sense because it's a biographical picture. Yes. So it's like you it's not like you you're sort of picking out those two separate words that it's yeah, representing okay. rather than just no, reading the word as it's spelled. This is definitely what this podcast is about, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think, you know, why not? So let, let's go with biopic. Yeah. So if it is a biopic, is the fact that the whoever whichever actor is doing the the you know, performing of the, the famous the, the, person. Yes, if the they titular do a really, role. If they do a really good impression of them, yep. both in, you know, acting and singing. Yes. Is that good enough to put them at the top of this list? Or does it have to be a good film in and of itself? So is a good impression of the person they're doing enough to re-elevate them to the top of this list, even if the film itself isn't that great? And I'm thinking yeah. in specifically of Rami Malek in... Oh, um, yes, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Where the performance yes. is great. Yes, I agree. the film itself I thought was a bit weak. Yes, absolutely. Except for... The last twenty minutes, yep. which was well, a, just an amazing. Well, but the po- the problem I have with the last twenty minutes yep. of Bohemian Rhapsody uh-huh. is if you want to see Freddie Mercury and Queen performing at Live Aid, mm-hmm. go on YouTube and watch it. Well, you could say that about any biopic of a famous. Well, person. no, I know it's true. No, I suppose you I, no, I don't the, think yeah, necessarily right. because for me, a but good biopic ex- shows behind the curtain a little. But don't you expect a good biopic to also show, like, no, gigs and things I, like that? I assume that would be. Yeah, like, I assume performance because that's the one thing that you know that these musicians do, and yeah. that's. You've 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 seen them do it. You've seen them, like, you know. For example, Rocket Man with oh, I can't remember what his name is now. Oh, the Aaron Tadgerton. Taron Egerton. Aaron Tadgerton. With Aaron Tadgerton. Everyone knew who I meant. It's fine. With Taron Egerton. It's great. But what I want to see is the sort of behind the curtain a little bit. I want to see what's going on. I want to feel like I've been let into that. What's the tour like? What's the person like? Yeah. Really, if I want to have a frame-by-frame really good impression of that artist or artists, I'll just go and watch one of their music videos or or live performances. Yeah, I take your point. So I'm just trying to think now of what biopics of musicians Mm. have you ever seen where they don't include some sort of recreation? Oh, I don't mind some sort, but it's just with the last 20 minutes. If that's all it is, if that's all they've got. Okay, so... One of the ones that... I, no, sorry, no, you carry on, actually. So you you were in the middle of... I think. Okay. Oh, no, actually, we were talking about criteria. <laughs> you you we? were going... You were doing your criteria. That's right. So I think I've covered all that off in terms of... Oh, and one example I've got here of 
where the music I love. Yep. But actually the film itself is a bit lame. Yes. But I love the music so much and it's the commitments. Oh. Because I had Alan Parker both oh, albums um, of the commitments. Yeah. And that was what I listened to for a big part of my childhood. Yeah. So I have got I'd completely forgotten about so that. So I understand so I know so many all the lyrics, yep. so many soul songs, yeah, but only the commitments version. Because of... And then I hear the original, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I know this song, and I try and sing along, but the syncopation's slightly different, yeah. and they and I can't, and I'm unable to because all I know is the commitments version. Why? But it did give me from a very early age a huge love of like, yeah. American soul and R and B music. Yeah, oh, and I. I... You see, I think it was a good film. I thought I, I've seen it not that long ago. I thought it didn't. Stand I thought the up. performances were great. I can't remember the guy. The main the, there's two main guys, isn't there? There's yeah. the sort of the empresario guy who tries to get it off the ground, and then yeah. there's the big guy, Andrew Strong. I want to say <sighs> that's maybe I can't remember. I don't know, but yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. but I, I mean, I, I I genuinely thought it was a good. I've got very mm. fond memories of, and I still play to this day. It's on one of my playlists. Or, or the commitments version of Try a Little Tenderness, the oh, Otis Redding. My God. I love that. It's that absolutely is my phenomenal. I sing that in the shower yeah. all the time. Well, when I was in college doing a play, Jim, Jim Cartwright's Road, and what my character had to stand and uh, to get ready in front of the audience whilst that one, get himself psyched up for a night out, right. whilst the, that full song, the Otis Redding version, played. Yeah. And I've just got such fun. I could well up now with it. Just such mm. an amazing song that invokes so much. But uh, yeah, one I hadn't even considered was the commitments. Yeah, so it's just because it, it's, it's got such a big part of my life and mm. my what my what I think and feel about music now was so largely Informed, shaped by that film. Yeah, yeah it's hugely and during just that exactly that mm. right age. Probably first saw that one. May it was maybe like eleven or twelve. Yeah. And probably watched it many times over the next several years. I must have seen it dozens of times. Dozens. And and again, both had both albums. Listened yep. to both. But, of them but you're not saying you're not including this as one of yours because you don't think the story I is good enough. Think okay. It's that good of a okay. film. I just no, love, I, I love agree with you on these criteria that yep. it has to be a good film, film. and good music. And yeah, yeah. And it can be a biopic or biopic or fiction. Yes. Fine. Okay. So sorry. Please go ahead. That's fine. So one of my picks that I, I went for, it's an honourable mention, is A Star Is Born. Uh-huh. I haven't um, seen it, but... It, it's yeah. gone through... The original so... or the recent remake, Bradley Cooper? So, in a way, I don't mind. I like the, the the Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper one. The Before the Streisand and, and Chris Christopherson was also really good. Okay. You know, the music's good. The, the, the performances are amazing. The, you know, the sentiment, it, it's a really great film. But for me, I'm just going to come out with it, I think. Hit me. For, for me, the best film about a musician or musicians is This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hadn't thought of that. Excellent choice. So This Is Spinal Love Tap, it. 1984, Rob Reiner film directed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. About, if, in case anybody doesn't know, if you don't and you haven't seen it, I, I absolutely would would say go and see it as soon as you can yeah. about a fictional british rock band and sort of sort of heavy metal sort of band yeah. who have one sort last prog rock sort of style yeah, isn't it yeah one last go at sort of fame by touring america mm-hmm. you know that one of the one of the things on their posters is is quote one of britain's loudest bands yes is there Tagline. The, the you know the infamous putting his amp up to eleven 
is from that film, well, obviously. I, yeah. I, you know, and to this day, it's, you, you see up that up to 11. Up, you know, you can tell, funny enough, iPlayer, if you look at the volume on the BBC iPlayer, goes up to 11. Uh, okay. You know, there, there's sort of, you know, written by the stars, Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, Harry Shearer, who's obviously later known for Mr. Burns in The Simpsons. Indeed. Among other, lots of other characters in The Simpsons. Yeah. But to oh, me... Oh, Mr. Burns and with the Smithers. Yeah, and... Yeah. 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 And... They played their own instruments on that. They yeah. sang the, for themselves well, on the film. Talking about Christopher Guest films, A Mighty Wind as well. Yes. I mean, yeah. it, it, any Christopher Best Guest Best in film. show. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no, not, not without the musical sort of theme to it. But, yeah. uh, oh, For Your Consideration, I thought yeah. it was excellent. Yeah. What else have they done more recently? can't remember. And quite often these, these films are, are built a little bit around improvisation as well as oh, scripted. So. Yeah. so I think that that's, that definitely shows in some of the, the this is Spinal Tap. Yeah. I, I can remember when I first watched it, it wasn't in 1984, but it was kind of later on. I had the VHS. Mm-hmm. I watched it over and over and over again. There's so many quotable um, you know, lyrics, you know, so many quotable lines from it. That is my definitive best film about a musician or musicians. I love it. That's a great answer. I've got three things written down here. Okay. So, first one I've written down, Walk the Line. Oh, now, I thought Cash. that was, yeah, Johnny Cash and I forget Reese Witherspoon's character's name from it, but a real musician. Yes. Say, I can't remember her name. I, I know exactly. It's going to fail who, me. Yes. Re- Rita? <clears throat> no. So I'd go on anyway. But excellent film, yep. directed by James Mangold, who I'm a big fan of. He does, he's done a lot of good stuff. But what I else has he done? James Mangold did a lot of the X-Men stuff, I believe. Okay. Yep. Uh, he also did the 310 to Yuma, which I quite enjoyed. It's like yep. a western, yep. a few other bits and pieces. That one I particularly liked. The one, I, I did a little bit of research on this, and there was a couple of lists I found online where the top answer to this best sort of film about a musician was What's Love Got To Do With It, the Tina Turner story. Oh, yeah. I'd never seen it, but I have now saw it. So since I, yep. since I did this, oh, I've okay. seen so it you recently. Do, 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 for some research. Research for this episode. Mm. It was pretty good. It was brutal, actually. So obviously there's a very uh, yeah, troublesome there's a, yeah, relationship. Yeah, domestic violence. Yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, one scene in particular is absolutely horrific. What? I mean, done well, yep. but a tough watch. The other thing is that the act, uh, they got to play Tina Turner. Yep. She played, it was the same actor from a very young age up to almost modern day, all sort of 1980s Tina yes. Turner. And obviously, Tina Turner is a really quite yes. a, a powerfully built woman. Physically. Physically yeah. powerfully built. Now, of course, that actor was playing her as a young girl. Yeah. And it was very different. You could sort of see that she was kind mm. of, you know, a, a well built woman. I think. So, that was a bit tricky when they're trying yeah. to span a lot of time like that. I think one of the issues that, that I have with some of these is that I think that, to, and this is purely subjective from my mm. point of view, I think it's difficult to like a film like that unless I've never been a massive fan of Tina Turner. Yeah, I'm not a massive I suppose. fan. I quite like Tina Turner. Yeah, I don't mind some of her songs. Yeah. But, yeah, so I suppose that must, more than maybe other films, Yeah, the the fact that, quite often you've heard the music before will yeah. cloud your judgment as to 
whether you like the film or not. I think the reason the, the the reason it was so successful is that the the actor who plays it, when she's playing like an older Tina Turner, mm. the voice is amazing. Right. So she does a really good job on that. And it is even though it's a tough thing to watch, yeah. and it's a very, you know, very troubled... Gritty. And, yeah, yeah. It's done quite well. Right. But it is a compelling story, um, unfortunately, because it does depict this terrible thing that happened. Mm. But that does... You know, from a yeah. narrative drama perspective, it's, it's the, that, that the, it's is the story, right? Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. So I sort of get that. However, my answer is I can't remember what year it came out. Damien Chazelle film Whiplash. Ah, that yes. is, I think. I mean, that was the best film I saw that year. Perhaps, perhaps for a, a long time. Yeah, I absolutely loved that film. I loved everything about it. I thought J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons, and the guy the. From Top Gun. From Top Gun. Yeah, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Anyway, yep. we all know who we're talking about. Yeah, it was, and it was so unusual. It was such an interesting story. It was done beautifully. The music itself was just done perfectly. It was almost a perfect film for me. So even though it's purely fictional, it's not a biopic. Then that's my Miles answer. Teller. Sorry. Miles Teller. I, I will say I have just looked that up. Yep. Miles Teller, J.K. Simmons. Sure, we established early on that there was going to be no googling, and we've done a number. Well, of I, this I'm googling episode. to to check a fact. I, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. Maybe that's something we can put out there. Maybe we maybe shouldn't. We can always correct things at the start of the following episode. That's, yeah, that's, that's like true. we have done every time. Every so far. time, yeah. There's uh, to be something we need to correct. June Carter Cash is also Reese Witherspoon's character. In oh, Northern. thank you. That's right. So yeah, no, I think I think that's a terribly good answer. My my son is a drummer. Oh, wow. and yeah. is like massively into you know kind of drum- and and lo- sort of loved and was te- slightly terrified by Whiplash at the same mm, time. Yeah, I bet. I, but I I do think. To show the the sort of depths of hard work and commitment mm. and sort of psychological trauma that that goes into being the best of the best, mm. and it sort of is a microcosm of anything, really. Almost, you yeah. know, kind of you could imagine that being a a chef, or you could imagine yeah. it being a whatever, you know, this kind of abusive relationship there yeah I I think that's a really good and the ending is just beautiful you know he's trying to stitch him up and Mm. then but then they work together to to attract because they're creating they can't deny the music you know and it's just beautifully done I also recently saw a YouTube clip of like a guy who does that so he's a very good drummer like that and he's kind of critiquing movies that include drumming to say how accurate they are. Yep. And he critiqued Whiplash mm. and almost every single thing that they sort of looked at was like when he's in the in the, the rehearsal room yep. and he's going crazy and he's got and his fingers are bleeding. He's like, Yep, yep, that's happened. That that would happen. Right. And when he's talking about when the guy threw the chair, that was the one thing he was like, Oh, I've had directors lose their shit at me. Right, but throwing a chair is probably a little bit much. Yeah, a bit of artistic license. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, he was yeah. just like, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes in these sorts of places. So. You know, and and I think from for the purposes of what we're doing here, I think that the film that I've chosen, being a comedy film, mm-hmm. I think for the purposes of, of 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 music and musicianship, I'm I'm more than happy to go with Whiplash yeah. as that. Well, I think that it there's something about the dedication to music that Whiplash kind yeah. of shows yep. that would, would makes me think that... I, I, I'd I still love Spinal Tap. It would probably be 
if somebody asked at well, one stage and we do later on best comedy, oh, I yeah. would maybe I kind of best British film. I, I, I could maybe go back yeah. uh, lots of different things that I could go back to Spinal Tap for. And I, I, I may do, but on this occasion, I'll quite happily say that Whiplash will be our best film about musician or musicians. Folks, you've heard it here first. That's it. Okay, so for our next segment, it's going to be another quickfire round. This time, Paul's going to be firing five quickfire bests at me. Paul, take it away. Again, movie-themed. So here we go. First one. Best dance scene in a film? That's a very good question. I mean, you could go straight to musicals. Obviously, lots of great dance scenes in musicals. I'm thinking Dancing in the Rain. Yes. What I'm fond of. That being said, oh, we alluded to it earlier... Actually, the final scene of Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. no, actually, no, better one. Napoleon Dynamite. Last, yeah. last scene of Napoleon Dynamite. I absolutely loved that when I first watched it. Absolutely. Um, I've got Pulp Fiction. Oh, then, yeah, that's um, good. You know, in the Jack Emmy Slim's, Yeah, Jack whatever. Slim's bar. Yeah. You know, and obviously... That's not Jack Slim's. It's called something else, I think. Yeah, but I can't remember. Yeah, I know. know. Yeah, and so that, that's what I've got. Okay, next one. The best book adaptation. It's quite a... Quite a oh, I know. Cerebral one. Because it's my favourite author, it's going to be Confidential. Oh, okay. So... Nice. Yeah, it's... I'm trying to remember his bloody name now. It's my favourite author. Is it Raymond... Course. Chandler? No, no, it's who's, not. It's it? James Elroy. James Elroy. Who I'm a huge yeah, fan of. Yeah. but yeah, so that'd be my my one okay. for that. I've got for mine. I've got Blade Runner. Um, oh yeah, which was yeah. Uh, based on Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah, by who was who, Isaac Asimov? That's right. That's right. Which was yeah, which is always good. Next one, best Bond film. Oh, Casino Royale. The first, the second one, the Daniel Craig Casino Royale. Oh, the second one. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought the reboot. That is one of the greatest film experiences I've ever had. Watched it in the cinema. Yep. That first Daniel Craig. Everything about it loved it. It was quite simple. There was no big massive plots. There was no big bases blowing up or anything. Yep. It was pretty, you know... So back to basics Bond. Yeah, and it musical. stuck quite... And again, we're talking about film adaptations. I thought it did that as, you know, an adaptation of the, book, the original yeah. book. I thought they did really well. And it just has some lovely points, little moments in it. Like the bit where, you know, where Bond is chasing someone and he's doing the parkour. Yes, and the first like... kind of one. I think they, they cited the, the Bourne films, funnily enough, oh, as they? kind of some because they almost saw that the Bourne films had sort of rebooted Bond themselves and they wanted to take a bit yeah. of that. Well, Paul, Paul Greengrass, he, yep. you know, he, he's done some amazing films, but he did a great job with, with Bourne. But it's that bit where in the parkour thing where Bond, he's chasing this guy and he sort of def, the, the guy definitely he sort of like gets himself through this tiny little gap in a wall. And Bond just come crashing through the entire wall, you know, yeah. that sort of like brawn against brain sort of thing. But... I've got, I've got a couple, but sort of a, a, a Skyfall to me is a great film. It's a bit too on the nose for me sometimes, mm-hmm. in that it almost gives the fans too much. Yeah. My favourite one as a kid growing up was Moonraker. Oh yeah, uh, the Roger Moore. Yeah, full on. Yeah, it had jewels in it. It yes. had everything that you wanted. A bit of space, which I loved at the time. <sighs> but it is. Have you seen it recently? Oh, no. It's fucking I, ridiculous. And you know why? Because I don't want to see it yeah. recently. Because it's it's just in my head, it's one of those films that 
I've watched at Christmas. Mm. It's it's in my head. And the other one is Goldeneye. I think again. Oh yeah, Goldeneye as yeah. that sort of reboot. I think it was the first You're one right. of Pierce Brosnan. It was yeah, great and, best and, best one by far. Yeah, yeah, and I think it was great. The sort of again the Russian connection. I yeah. think that all the characters were very, very good. In it. What I really liked about Goldeneye as well, because what I've always wanted more of in Bond films, and actually we got a little bit more of it in the most recent one, No Time to Die. Yes, it's. Other double O agents. Yes. I've always wanted to see a bit more of interaction. Of course, with, Sean Bean plays. With Sean Bean. Yes. So we got a bit of that yep. in that. Double O six. Was he double O six? I can't remember. Something exactly. Like that, yeah. But yeah. And of course, in the most recent one, we've had the his equivalent double O seven. His new replacement. The new one. Yeah. Yes. Next. Both uh, supposed to be quick fire. This is going well. Yeah, uh, right. Next. Best child actor in a film. Oh, oh! I tell you what, DiCaprio in Was Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh, great! Have you seen him in that? Yes, I have. Playing the autistic yes. um, child, very good, unbelievable. In yeah, and I had to when I first saw that. I'd never heard of him before. Mm. He was very young in it. Yep. And I had to. I looked him up to see if they used an actor uh, who was on the spectrum. Oh, okay. Because I thought the yeah. performance was so was so good, and. I think I find out it didn't. And obviously, subsequently, he's gone on to the career that we all know. But... Yeah, I think that's a really good answer, one I hadn't even thought about. I've got this, a couple of the obvious ones, Culkin, Macaulay, well, in, um... and, and Kieran, funnily enough. They were both in uh, in Home Alone. Oh, hang on. Well, is that his brother? Yes. Oh, they, he plays the brother, does he? In that? Yes, one of them. There's, oh, really? There's, yeah, there's, there's quite a few. I didn't he, know he's that. In bits, yeah. Oh, that's a good uh, fact. All, obviously gone on to success in Succession. Yes, which absolutely love him uh, there. Roman. Yeah, um, yeah, Roman Roy. And then Drew Barrymore in E.T. Yeah, that's a good a one, actually. great performance yeah. given, given there. E.T., yep, one yep, of yep. the classic kind of one. And Spielberg all over the news recently. Love it. Yeah, and uh, last but not least on, on Quickfire Best, Best Pixar Film. Ooh, yeah. So, I mean, Toy Story is a Pixar, right? Yes. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So you got, for me, it's the only answer to that. I love a, a Pixar film. I, think I love Wally. Great. I yeah. Mean, I mean, there's all, so many that the I The first Toy love. Story, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3. A 3 as a parent will make you absolutely weep. Yeah. I'm um, not a parent, and it still oh, made me weep. Man. It does a bloody Toy Story good job 4, I, I wasn't as. They should have stopped it at 3. Wait, In they, my opinion, okay. the Toy Story trilogy is one of the best cinematic trilogies yeah, ever. I agree. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. Great. Um, I just want to think, though, just one other thing off the top of my head, even though that's still my answer. Yes. What was the one about the the young girl who had people in, like, all the moods and stuff? Oh, Inside Out. Inside Out. Was amazing. I mean, I absolutely love that. And, uh, it, by the way, from... A, I, I know, sorry, I keep banging on about it, but I have got children. I am yeah. a parent. I'm not showing off. But from a... Fire with both barrels, <laughs> yeah. From a parent experience trying to explain emotions and the world of yeah. emotions yeah. to children as they grow up. But what, it's one of the great ones that we that, that we watch and we've watched in the past, Inside Out. It's a great film. Yeah. Truly great. Good stuff. Brilliant. Good stuff. So that is my section of the Quickfire Bests. It's quick, it's fast, it's already over. Hey! So... That's it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, leave any feedback, maybe leave some suggestions for any categories you might want us to do in future episodes. The address is, Mark? Thebestpodcastpod at gmail.com. That's thebestpodcastpod 
at gmail.com. So do get in touch if you've got anything to tell us or anything to ask us. But with that, I think that's enough for today. So I'm going to be signing off from me, Mark Barron. Goodbye. And me, Paul Clayton. Goodbye. Goodbye.